Hi, I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family YA book club podcast. Today, we'll be discussing Glass Sword, the second book in the Red Queen series by Victoria Aveyard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. Strangely, I get more sleep in the next three days than I have in weeks. Tough drilling in the yard paired with long planning sessions run us all ragged. Our recruitment trips stop entirely. I do not miss them. Every single mission was a gasp of either relief or horror, and they were both a ruin on me. Too many bodies on the gallows. Too many children choosing to leave their mothers. Too many torn away from the life they knew. For better or worse, I did it to them all. Now that the jet is grounded and my time spent poring over maps and floor plans, I feel another kind of shame. I've abandoned the ones still out there. Just like Cameron said, I abandoned the children of the Little Legion. How many more babies and children will die? Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is Season 2, Episode 24, Glass Sword, Chapter 24. As I'm listening to that paragraph, that opening paragraph, I close my eyes as you guys read so that I can just kind of see it in my mind. And all I can do is roll my eyes in the back of my head at the end of this paragraph because Mayor is just throwing another pity party. The only reason I couldn't roll my eyes is because I was the one reading. Yeah. (laughs) Straight out the gate. It's like, really? Girl. No optimism. No. No, like, trying to go into what they're about to do with their heads held high. Yep. Nothing like that. Just right. just downer, bummer, downer, bummer. Everyone in the universe is going to die and it's all going to be my fault. Yep. But hey, I'm going to die too, so I'll only get to feel guilty for about 30 seconds before right. I die. Right. And then my family will just be left mourning me and they'll all be in misery. Blah, blah. I mean, Because everyone just... in the universe is going to die except my family. Right. It just never ends. It never ends. No. And I know things are going bad for Mare at this point, and everybody, though. I mean, but, like, how, how do you expect to get through this if you just constantly dwell on the negative? Exactly. They're trying to psych themselves up for this big mission, and all she can do is concentrate on the downer stuff. And I get it. You know, she, she's talking about hiding behind a smile and blah, 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 blah. People do that every day. Literally, right. I get right. it, but you can't just sit there and dwell in it no. all the time. You know, in in the next uh, paragraph, she says that everyone is sleeping hard after days of training, even Cal. So even Cal has put his nightmares aside and everything to try to get this. to try to get some sleep and train. It's like just what's going to be is what's going to be. You know what yeah. I mean? You can only get as ready as you can get. It's like the diet Xanax thing from Bring It On or whatever, where the girls are outside still practicing the night before. It's like, if you don't have it by now, you're not going to have it. You right. know, Just get some sleep, get some rest. Stop worrying about it. But nope, she's just constantly overthinking. And Cal's kind of like withdrawing. Yeah, he's going into pre-battle mode, right? Where everything is strategy, strategy, strategy. Focused on strategy, hunched over his desk, looking at papers, maps. Yeah, yeah. 
Meanwhile, Kalorn is kind of coming back to everybody. They're doing an opposite thing where he was, where Kalorn was withdrawing before because he was so upset. Right. Now he's all happy and he gets to, he gets to go. Yeah, he gets to go. So he's trying to kind of reform some of these connections before they're about to go all put uh, their lives in each other's hands, pretty much. It's nice that the recruitment's recruitment missions have stopped because those seem to be where they were the most exposed. Right, and it was where Mare didn't know from one to the next what she was going to see. Was she going to see a dead baby or bodies hanging or was she going to finally get somebody? So, but, I mean, they do need to recruit, obviously, but this is an important mission. Right, right. They're, They're going in, training what they've got, no more time to try to get anybody else before preparations are being made. So everybody's just preparing. You know, Cal is drawing maps over and over again in his head on, pay- on you know, little scraps of paper, and then Ada's memorizing them so she can get as good of a, an idea of the layout of the prison and all that stuff. So they're trying to go in as prepared as possible, which is good. Even uh, Cameron is, training. you know, hanging around and training and watching. We see her, uh, we see her training here with Lori and Mare. And she's apparently taking her foul mood out on them. Lori in particular. To where she's just like, I mean, she's squeezing her. And she just does it and does it and does it until she squeezes the life out of her, practically. And she keeps, you know, going down to her knees and then having to get back up and regroup herself. She's having a trouble with, she's having to learn how to control and focus what the power that she has so that she doesn't just kill or just, they want her to be able to use it to just shut their powers down or do things specific. And she doesn't, because she doesn't even know how she does it yet. Right. It's just something that you allow yourself to do, kind of. You right. know. So she's having, Mare is having her, you know, hone what she can, like, you know, try anything to have an effect on Lori. And once you try something that works, keep focusing on that and moving towards it. And she calls that her trigger, that Julian taught her that phrase. And that's what you use to turn your ability on and control it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can, you can strengthen it from there. But once you find where that switch is, then that's where the control begins. But mayor also is noticing an increase strengthening in her ability, not necessarily control, but she feels like she's, as she's learning to use her powers and train with the powers, she's get, they're getting more powerful. She so kind of feel the the energy. Yeah, and she, Mare is worried too about Cameron once they get into Koros with her power. If she doesn't have as good of control over it, then she's liable to hurt or seriously harm somebody who could be beneficial to them. Right, or possibly even one of them. Right. 
because she's just it, it's kind of like when you if you give somebody who doesn't know how to shoot a gun a machine gun they're not going to have any control over it and just be firing right all over the place yep. and god only knows what the collateral damage is going to be so they're trying to have cameron control her target and where she puts things where she puts her energy and how much and how much right. yeah and and how to put it forward how to draw it back all that kind of stuff because if they go in there and she hits the wrong person in the middle of them trying to do something yeah. then it, the whole thing could fall apart right so her accuracy is what mare is really going for and she's upset that they don't have more time to be able to get that going and yeah, like you said, she's also getting more built up inside of her. And I feel like this is a kinetic energy that because Mare hasn't really let anything loose lately, that now that power and her inner turmoil are just kind of linked. You know, she right. could go outside and create a lightning storm right now with everything that she's right. got built up inside. Maybe that's a good thing. You know, we'll see when the, it actually gets pulled out off. But, you know, she, Mare is not out there practicing and sharpening her skills either. No. She's banking on being able to go in there and just control it. But this is going to be an incredibly emotional Right. Environment. And we've seen what happens when she freaks out in an incredibly emotional environment. Right. <laughs> like yeah. stuff the explodes, you know. So we should be tenfold more worried about Cameron and her silencing the Correct. wrong person. Correct. And Mare, I think there's there's a line in here where Mare talks about how she feels connected with Cameron at this point. And she's like, maybe at some point after all of this is over, we might actually be friends. And in reading that, I was like, that's a record scratch moment. You know, like, who who would even think that these two would be friends? But I think Mare digs Cameron's resistance to authority. Because Mare's always really wanted to have that, and she really can't. Right. Because Cameron doesn't have parents. So she doesn't have anybody to answer to. Mare has her mom and dad that have well, to I mean, keep her in line. No, Cameron. Cameron has parents. Did she? Yeah. But where are they? They're back. Uh, oh, they got conscripted. Well, I mean, technically she doesn't now. But, well, she does, but, but yeah. I mean, she hasn't had parents. that She and Maury didn't have parents there to control them all the time. Well, that's true, but... I think her resistance to authority comes more from the fact that she had such a well that they were taken and and what they were taken and, and, and bef yeah before that right the fact that it was always so regimented her life with yeah. without her parents and you're working in a factory and somebody's right. telling you what to do and where to be all day it's like you're gonna get sick of it right and then taken and forced to be in the front line and then yeah I think. Then taken and put unwillingly in into prison. prison. And now taken and put unwillingly into this army. I can just see more it. in this read through. I can see more where she's coming from. She's just had it. She's still annoying. Right. Her her technique is right. just not. Uh, she doesn't have any. She doesn't have any finesse. No. She doesn't know how to. She's, she's she, a literal child. She didn't so. get any of the. Well, <laughs> and she didn't get any of the training that Mare got. 
from exactly in the court in the courts and there, stuff. Yeah, in this chapter, Mom, I want you to keep in mind that I am the exact same age as she is. Right, but you have not had the same upbringing. Well, that's true. But you you said you were like she is a literal child, and yeah. I'm like, Mom, you're you're my excuse me. Child. <laughs> it's, it's the fact that you were like. <laughs> Like, you know, she doesn't have this because she's a child. And I was like, hold up, what? <laughs> Don't you think you're a child? I'm not saying I'm not. And I can see a bit of a comparison between Mare and Cameron in in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. I I just think Cameron expresses the attitude that Mare wants to so badly. Yeah, I think so. And, but no, and she can't. she says the things out loud that Mare wishes she could Right, say. And, but Mare knows she but can't. Mare knows she can't. Right. From the minute she set foot in the palace, or the Hall of the Sun, I guess, technically, when they were in Somerton, and she became a servant, she can't say those things. You know, she can't react that way because you're going to get shot. <laughs> right. You know, it just, you can't do that. Right, right. So, and I'm sure Cameron has opened her mouth to sass off to people and gotten the back of somebody's hand oh, for sure. it. You know. I think that Mare couldn't do it before even she became a servant because, you know, she had her parents who did still try and teach her some manners. And then, right. anytime she was in front of any silvers or around them, she would still have to watch her behavior. Right. Regardless of her status. Yes. And her whole lifestyle back then banked on not drawing attention to herself. Correct. And the minute you start smarting off in a situation like they live in. You're drawing attention to yourself. Exactly. The minute you start defying authority and then you're going to have sentinels keeping their eye out on you. You don't want suddenly s- pickpocketing becomes real. Right. And also right. other people. Right. Like you, if you draw right. attention to yourself from any other person, right. then you don't want be. silvers or even the other reds that are around the silvers to know your name or who you are. Right. You just want to be just a face in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And just blend in and be able to do And that's how Mare always was. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Her being able to blend in and being fast were her two biggest uh mostly being fast. Um, Mostly being fast, yeah. Right. Strong suits. Strong suits, that wasn't really, I, I feel like. Traits? Attributes. Attributes. Attributes is a good one. Yeah. Specialties. Specialties. You know, things that she forte. really excelled at. Her forte, yeah. good one. That that brought her into this thing. You know, she would have been a great servant with her ability to blend in and be there without anybody noticing. And I, I think. If you really break it down to it, that's the thing that's the biggest between what her world was and what it is now, is that before it was the goal for nobody to look at her, and now everybody's always looking at right. her. Right. Yes. So that's a big that's a big change to go through for a seventeen year old girl. Yeah, it sure is. Cameron hits her limit here, and she's like, "I'm done." She is in. Right. Uh, and no more. Lori's kind of looking at Mare like, oh, how is she going to handle this? Like, <laughs> she's this is, this is insubordination, you she's, know? She's popcorn, like pulling up popcorn, her popcorn and calling Barney. Girl fight. Right, because no, you're not supposed to talk to Mare like that. You know, what's going to happen And she's now? in charge, supposedly. She's the leader. It's like, 
you know, she's setting the pace also. It's like, what are yeah, you going to do, Mayor? Exactly. You better show up here. Cameron says, I'm tired, I'm hungry, and I'm about to be marched into a battle I don't want to fight. Again. I'll be damned if I die with an empty stomach. So it is dinner time for Cameron, and she is not taking sure no is. for an answer. Mare just caves, really. You know, what else can she do? Yeah. Cameron's right, first of all. They do. She's got to eat. They do need to eat. They all need strength. They all need rest. Mare can't stay out there and push her all night. You know, she's she's going to be worthless the next day if they don't actually get some rest. And obnoxious to boot. I mean, she's going to be obnoxious anyway. She'll be like extra obnoxious, More I guess. More ob- obnoxious her. Yeah, she'll be on steroids. She'll be slightly less obnoxious if she's, you know, like Dead. eaten and had rest. Well, she's a teenager. Right. We instantly get less obnoxious when we have food yeah, yeah. and when we're not tired. That's true. You feed them and 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 then and then we're fine. You typically pacify them. Just for a not little after bit. midnight. Yes, they feed themselves after midnight. Generally, that's yeah. when they're up rummaging around in the fridge, and you don't notice. True. I don't ever like. I hardly ever leave my room after midnight. <laughs> just, just saying. That's true. She once doesn't. once I'm in my room for the night, I'm pretty much in my room for that. Pretty night. much I, caged in. Unless yeah. I have to go to the bathroom. All bets are off. That doesn't count. So I think what does Mary give her like thirty minutes? It's like thirty minutes. Yeah, Let's... thirty minutes, and then come back, and she gets, you know, she sees the fire in her eyes, and this is what it reminds her of herself. Yes, you know, this is this is somebody who doesn't like taking orders, just like I don't like taking <laughs> orders, just like you know, most teenagers don't like taking orders, honestly. I don't think most adults like it either. They just learn no. to deal with it. No, they don't. And that's, the, the chapter says that that's where Cameron is coming from here, is that she's gone so long having to follow a routine and schedule and take everybody's orders that now she's tasted freedom where she actually has some kind of leverage. She doesn't want to go she's back. She's not going to let it go. She's going to let Mayor know constantly Yep. that she's got a bit of an upper hand here. Yeah. She, they need Cameron way more than Cameron needs them. Right. Way more than Cameron needs them. Originally, Mare wanted to pretend like that wasn't the case, but, uh uh-uh. But there's a reason that she made her, forced her to come with them. Even though Cameron could well have stopped them. Right. And could well leave here. Right. Mare has said it. She could leave. You know, and she doesn't. She chooses to stay. Yep. So there's at least something in the back of her mind that's keeping her from running away. Yes. And going to find Maury. So there's something there that intrigues her. Cameron's behavior in this chapter was all over the place for me. It was. You know, she's, she's constantly there watching, but then when she's the center of attention or... When she's reached her point, then it's all of a sudden she turns the tables back to herself. Yeah. So, you know, she's got some weird personality attributes, but she's also had a very tough life for such a young person. So that's definitely understandable, but it does still make her very, very annoying. Very, very annoying. Very, very annoying. Everybody watches her go after she's 
made a public spectacle of defying Mayor. And after they leave, or after Cameron leaves, they're all staring at Mayor. And she's just like, uh, you know, instantly wants to hide again. Well, I got a booger hanging. What are you guys all looking at me? I got something in my teeth. What are you guys looking at? Yeah, she's like, I, I'm not happy with, you know, I'm, I'm not any kind of leader to them, yet they still all look to me. Right. And I'm not happy about it. She doesn't like being the one who has to put on the show and worry about the optics of what she's doing. That's never been on her radar before no. at all. No. At all. There's a mutter here. Is it from uh -uh. Mayor? No, yeah. Lori uh, sniffs at the air and says that Kalorn's brought a rabbit home so she can smell rabbit cooking. And Mayor mutters for her to go on, like, fine, if it smells so fantastic, go eat it, you know. Get there while there's still some left. Smells like a juicy one, too. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Which is disgusting. Maybe I don't care of... what is considered juicy. Very few things are good when they're juicy. I guess except for, except for like meat. Meat probably meat yeah. is good when thing. it's juicy. But it's like I can get you taste and be like, man, that's some juicy meat. But smells juicy. That just sounds wrong. Just that statement sounds wrong. But I guess if she have the kind of sense of smell she has. Yeah, refined enough that she can smell the the. It's roasting Juice content. Yeah, and she can smell she can smell the level of moisture. Yeah. I mean I guess the juicitude? Well, if you think about it, you know, when you cook a hamburger or whatever, we cook the hamburgers on the cast iron skillet. Yeah. You can smell when it gets yeah. to that That's true. more charred you know, but you, I would never you, consider like mm, those smell juicy. <laughs> and it might taste juicy. Right. Anyway. I think this just speaks to somebody who maybe hasn't eaten a good full meal in a while. I think that's why think she that's, said it that specific yeah, way. Yeah. It's like yeah. that rabbit smells her, juicy. Her mouth is already watering. Well, yeah. They haven't had a big catch come home in a while. In a while. She Before she leaves, she tells her that Cal is in a mood. He keeps cursing and kicking things. <laughs> So it sounds like just, when dad's angry. Yes, I'm like such a dude way to handle <laughs> being mad. Stupid. Yeah. Throwing or, yeah, cursing, putting holes in things. <laughs> Punching holes in bathroom walls. Pantry doors. Pantry <laughs> And pantry doors. <laughs> All right. It's just the way, I mean. Throwing remotes. Throwing controllers. It's just the way guys, I, I know a lot of guys like that that handle things, you know. You can't punch or kick or hit what you're mad at, so you kick everything else or punch everything else. Yeah. yeah. So I get it, but it's just funny to think of like this hulking beast getting mad and just like you know kicking some little kid's toy out of the way. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some kid's got like a little block stacker, and Cal's just like. <laughs> Just explodes it with his foot. Like I just, I wonder I, what angry cow looks like. You know what I mean? It's got to be funny. Him throwing know, like a little, a yeah, little temper like tantrum. A little temper tantrum. Yeah, <laughs> back in his room where he had all of his strategery stuff. He'd probably strategery. like throw his little, throw his little guys around the room. 
when he was mad at planning an army or whatever, he just picks up all the little guys that represent that army and throw them against the wall. <laughs> and shoot fire at him and melt him. Right. Yeah, exactly. Then can you imagine what he would have done as an impestuous child? Oh, God. Probably would have burned down several palaces had they not been made of mm-hmm. diamond glass. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why they did some of the things the, the way they the, did. That they did, yeah. They were in that one building, and he was able to just set the floor on fire and basically and collapse them down through the building. Through the building. So, boom, boom, pro- boom, boom. yeah, probably want to keep things where flammable. angry Cal is. Yeah, non-flammable. non Yeah, keep flammable items Stone, away from angry Cal. Tile. sand, concrete, those are the kind of things that you're going to want to keep around Cal. And they even had sand. They had put sand in the arena. There had been things in there before that they would be able to use for fire. And Maven took all that out and just put sand and gravel in there. Sand that's not going to burn. Yep. So uh, Maven has dealt with an angry Cal before. I'm sure that Maven was on the receiving end of an angry cow a couple of times. Probably. Oh, I'm sure. From what I know, having two brothers, the the, the tales of a younger brother. Yeah. Mare tells Lori that she will see to Cal and for Lori to go on and eat. And Mare doesn't really know what she's going to find with an angry cow. She's like, hmm, this could be... I'm, I'm, this could be interesting. I'm interested, but also scared. Yeah, I'm. I'm really worried about what could have him so angry the night before we're supposed to do this. Like, is it just because he's worried, or has something really? Is it like gone angsty, wrong? Cal? Yeah. Yeah. Is he just restless because he wants to go ahead and get it over with, or you know, what's going on? She's really glad that the kids are all eating and none of them are bothering Cal, you know, and getting underfoot because apparently it's pretty hard to go anywhere if you're a cow without a kid following you around. Which is adorable. It really is. (laughs) Like kids that come up to his calves. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, like, Cal, can we talk to you, Cal? Daw. Mare makes a really bold and obvious statement here, and she says, I don't have the patience for children the way Cal does. Uh, you think? Yeah. I could just not oh. see a bunch of kids clamoring to hang out with Mare. She'd just be like, what? You know. <laughs> what do you guys want? She has no no patience no time. for kids yeah. at all. She'd be the kind of like, do you like, what, how, huh? Yeah, you just keep <laughs> turning around like, what do you want? And the kid's like, I don't know. Why no. are you following me? I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm here now. You have to teach me yeah, stuff. Teach me stuff. What am what? I supposed to do with you? I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Or like in Jurassic Park when we were talking about the other day, when the little kid walks up to Grant and he's like, she said I should ride with you. And <laughs> it would be good for you. <laughs> it's like, now I've got this kid hanging around. So, Mare does not get put in that position, thank God. Cal's the one who handles the kids. So, she's off to see Cal, rounds a corner, and almost bumps right into Shade, who is also also hastily rounding this corner, followed quickly by Farley, who barely makes eye contact with Mare, 
She's and like, hey. keeps going right on. She's like giggling and then <laughs> yeah. notices Mare and just stops. And then stops. And just, it's like, she's uh, like, Mare? Mare's like, what did I just see? Because Farley doesn't giggle. So. No. Farley indeed does not giggle. And Shade just looks like the cat that ate the canary. Yeah, Shade tries to slink past her and Mare just clotheslines him and is like, hold up! We gotta talk about something. And he's like, can I help you? <laughs> and she says, you're, you're supposed, supposed to be, to be training. training. And he says, worried I'm not getting enough exercise? I assure you, Mare, we are. And he, he winks, winks at her. First of all, gross. <laughs> that's your brother. Yeah. As somebody who had a brother who dated several of my friends, gross. So nasty. Gross. So nasty. I would be like, why? Ew, you don't share a bathroom with him. That's disgusting. So nasty. And it's it's the fact that he's like he's so proud of himself. And she's just like, okay, first of all, gross. Second of all, how dare you? Right. And then third of all, it's about time. <laughs> because Shade is like, everybody knows, Mare. Like Right. I'm That's tired what's hilarious. To keep it from you. It's like it, Farley and I are together. Even, I don't know what's right. Saying. Even you even you pointed out multiple times wherever Farley goes, there goes Shade and right. vice versa. We're, they're Why always did it take together? you this long to figure it out? Hello. I think, I think we have talked about this before. It's just because romance is not on Mare's mind no. in the slightest. I mean, it is kind of. Can she's just like, Cal's so beefy. But, <laughs> you know, she's like, but we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Cal. Right. But we she, don't have time for that. She doesn't have a cow. But she doesn't beef. have the amount of <laughs> beef. Thank you. Right. Cal, it's what's for dinner. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. She doesn't have the kind of like mental capacity to be able to be like, I can be in a healthy relationship and also do this on the run for my life. Right. Yeah, she she can't quite. <laughs> right. She doesn't know. quite grasp that. Yeah. Because a lot's going on in Farley's mind, but I guarantee she's also like, with all this going on, we don't know what the next day is going to bring. Why not? Why wouldn't I be with right. somebody? There's somebody that makes me so, feel the way Shade makes her feel, obviously. Right. Also, and then I just twenties. So. They're That's true. A little more mature, able to deal with feelings better. Mare's still just like, I don't even know what feelings are. You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> I, you don't know anything. Also, can I just say, Shade and Farley, they're really cute. They are so cute together. And in this moment when Mare puts it all together, I want them to have a montage in the show. <laughs> we need to call this Elizabeth Banks, Are You Listening Corner? Yes. Of the, this is the thing that we need to have. Yes. Right. Where Mare's like, Mm-hmm. And like thinks back of all the times that she like caught Shade and Farley mm-hmm. like doing little things for each other or, like, or whatever, like touching and, each, and like how they would touch like, each other, look at each other. Yeah, the, you know, and have it just really like they kind of like end on her. Yeah, like, right. There's some signs I should have picked up on. Yeah, yeah, like literally everybody else. And then I want there to also be a small child there. You know, <laughs> Dumb man, like. <laughs> Right. Or, this, they're gonna get married. Just one of the little noob like kids comes down and is like, but you didn't know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like every every boyfriend. What? <laughs> every other character she goes back to after this in the book, like Cal, I just caught Shade and Farley. He's like, oh, finally I can stop hiding it. Right. <laughs> I've known for like known three for like weeks. Three months. <laughs> just found out. <laughs> We've been dancing around. So long. What? Just saw Shade and. Farley. Oh, thank God. You knew, too? Hi. Like, yeah, I walked in on them weeks ago. I don't know what to tell you. 
She gets mad. You don't know how long this has been going on? Right. She gets mad that Shade didn't tell her. And that's when he's like, I don't know how you didn't know. Literally, everybody right. knows. Everybody else. Does. Right. I, why would I come and tell you that you're my sister? That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then Shade is like, I mean, but what about, like, why, what about Cal? Right. Like, you tell me all about you and Cal. And, and she's like, that's. that's and then wants to say different, but she, right. but she, she doesn't can't. because obviously, I mean, they share a bed, so there's some things that go on, you know. But and they share secrets and things that they don't tell. I mean, there right. is something going on. Right, there. it's there's more, a relationship right. there. It's just there's, not as obvious and open as Shade and Farley. There's things she's like. I mean, we're not sneaking off in the middle of the day. Not really doing much of anything at night either. It's like, okay, girl, you still share a bed though, right? And can I just also add, go Shade. Right. <laughs> uh, shade is here is like, I really don't want to know but what goes on between you and Cal. Not my, so. not, not my problem. It's nothing yeah. I should really be in the middle of. You and guys then, can have your, your thing. Right. Then he uses the, and as you pointed out, I have training to do to get out of this awkward <laughs> right. conversation. The, and as like, you and, so kindly hey, pointed that, out, a training you told me about, I'm going to go do that now, so I we don't have to talk about this and uh, again anymore ever. Right. It was either that or oh, that rabbit went right through me. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's got to get out of this conversation <laughs> somehow. Mayor gets happy here for some reason. I guess just seeing Shade happy, happy. makes her happy. And like it's a break. It's something else that she can think about something that can distract her from what's going on like it's not the thing that you want to be distracting you right. but it's still a distraction it's also she something well on it. that she could possibly go and scuttlebutt about with others to take whatever off of what she thinks people are talking about with her and Cal. that's true so you know maybe she realizes that there is an orbit outside of just her own <laughs> like oh my gosh other people have been talking about shade and farley too not just me and Cal. It's and it's like, goes to she's like, hey, do you know what's happening with Shade and Farley? And they're just like, I've been talking about it for weeks. Yeah. What? Where have you been? Right. I don't know what's going on. So she's she's kind of happy. She's got a little light in her heart. She's carrying it with her, around with her. She walks into her and Cal's room, and he's hunched over a bunch of maps, and there goes all of that, because they're right back into planning for what could be possibly be a slaughter the next day and cal just so her is, brief moment yeah. of happiness is is sucked away from her cal is just in his same spot just like clearly tense yeah at this point yeah she expects the fire that he's studying to be singed from him being angry and have already set it on fire and then have to grab it back out of the Right. Flames, like so many other things she's seen him study before. But yeah. Just like the, the edges to, of the map are like burn. Yeah. And, this one seems to be intact. So he's, he's doing a good okay. job at controlling himself. He's just, you know, studying really hard. Right. So she throws her pack down, which she's not telling him is full of the notes from Maven she's been collecting. Girl. Nobody knows please. about those. Yep. She's still hiding all of that. I really, really, really think in this moment she should tell. Like, she should have been open with Cal by now. Definitely. No, yeah. for sure. I feel like she shouldn't have kept it from anyone nearly this long, but specifically Cal. Well, and she, I think. If, if any, 
of all people, he would understand. Right. And I think she needs to unload a lot of this stuff. I think the reason she didn't really notice, even though she did notice what was going on with Shade and Farley, like, she noticed all the signs. She didn't put it together. Cause She's just everything preoccupied. In her, yeah, because every, everything in her mind isn't necessarily about planning either, because Cal's the one doing that. Everything in her mind is just about running through how what she if. screwed everything up and what ifs, which yeah. she needs to get over with. That's why she needs to get this off her chest, you know? They're going to go pull this off, break Ju- Julian and all them out of prison, and the first thing Julian's going to say is, how are Shaden Farley doing? So even you know? Because <laughs> she's not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To focus. Public yet? What? Exactly. She bumps up against his shoulder. His to beefiness. Kind of, yeah, to his beefiness to let him know that she's there. And he doesn't look up at her. Right. The slab. It's like when you go to bump up against Ben's shoulder and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> Beefy. Yeah. But he, he grabs her hand. Cal's handsy in this chapter. He's, or grabs her leg. Yeah. It's like his hand on her grabbing leg. Her, grabbing her leg all the time. This is, I don't like, Cal in this chapter is weird. It's like, buddy, are you, you did you like, did you take something? Are you, are you okay? Well, I just don't, this is a side of Cal that has been buried for a long time. Yes. This is what he did on a regular basis before she came around. And now she's seeing him in that mode, and she's not used to it. She's used to being able to distract him right. every time she walks in a room, and now she's not doing it. <laughs> hey, hey, everything's all like about it. me now. Yeah, she doesn't like no. it at all. No. She's like a little kid. It's like, hey, 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 look at me now. Look at me. Yeah, which is exactly what you used to Pay do when you were me. little. Yes, I know I did. Look Grab away. my face with your hand. Yes, I, so you, you've told the story like, multiple times. Mommy, look at me. Look what I could do. Right. She just, she wants. It was adorable, though. It was so adorable. She wants, you know, usually she's. <laughs> but she's used to walking into a room and getting Cal to look at her. And now he's not, you know, he's too preoccupied. And she lays her head on his shoulder and she's like, what's wrong now? You know, trying uh-huh. to make it seem like she's just like, getting a better look. But I'm really, just she just at wants the map. some hotness. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your beef. Right. He says, besides Maven, his mother, the fact that I hate Rabbit, and the layout of this hellhole prison, nothing at all, thanks for asking. I love that he just had to slip the rabbit in there. Yeah. What was that? Who was that for, Cal? Was that just for you? Did you just need, was that the one thing you really needed to get off your chest, buddy? And I guess. He I'm asking some... a non-existent. I'm asking a fictional person. <laughs> like Cal is sitting at the <laughs> right. end of the table. Yeah. Cal, you've got Cal. to explain into this. <laughs> But it's not one, Cal is not one to joke, and especially not in situations like this. So Mare is like, wow, he must really be freaking out. And, I mean, to think about it, he wants a big meal the night before he's going to go <clears throat> into this battle, and it's rabid. It's something he doesn't like. So, I mean, I guess I'd be kind of bummed, too. I'd be like, I might die tomorrow, and we had to have pork chops for dinner. But he slips that in between... You know, the people who are trying to kill us and the prison that we're about to <laughs> go raid. Right. It's it, Right in there is like, and also, by the way, I don't like what we're eating. Right. Like, dude, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. Cal's not going to get his 35,000 calories or whatever he needs <laughs> a day. His, his, his terry his diet. Terry diet. <laughs> Cal, have you tried yogurt? Right. Cal loves yogurt. She tries to make conversation 
She's like, Cameron's doing better, if that helps. And he's like, really? You know, is that why you're here and not training her anymore? You know, did you come? Get a little passive aggressive there, Cal. Yeah. Like, did you want to come back and see me or are you just done playing with your new toy? Oh, dude. Right. Okay, you made that last. That's, you you assumed that last part. Well, I think that's how he's feeling. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. He He should be there or she should be there. With him planning all of this out, instead she's out there just having Cameron torture Lori over and over and over and over again. Cal's probably like, what do you say this? You got to let this poor woman chill, breathe. Lori even said, Cole, if you make me sick again, I'll kill you while you sleep. So obviously something has gone seriously wrong while they've been doing that before. You couldn't just, just find someone else, maybe? Let, give Lori a little break, maybe? Just... Someone, right. Why not? More Why not you? <laughs> she does say that that she has been Cameron's target. That's true. Well, but it. I mean, there was also the. The you know the first the first time. Well, right, right. But like since then, but I, her practice target. She has been not not nearly as often as right anybody else. Well, because she has to be there to tell Cameron, you know, like to train her, to coach right. her, and talk her through her. Feeling. Which is what makes me think that it didn't sound like she had been her training target before. I, I don't. Do you think she's just referring to when she? To, yeah. Back? Oh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I thought there was a line in there where she said they were, she and Lori were her targets, but I couldn't. I, it's wrong. something about her. Yeah, she she did say something about that, but then there's no other mention of like. Her, yeah. her. And and you'd think that if she's the one who's actually like you know, supposed to be coaching Cameron. Right. Right. Feels like it, it, if it did happen it would have been a, a side effect type thing. Right. Like Cameron's trying a little too hard. She tells Cal that Cameron does need to eat. You know, she's not a block of silent stone. She has to be fed like a human being too. You know, um, and he, he's just hissing, you know, he's so mad, right? Um, and she's like, Cal, it's only in the cells. It's not in the whole prison. If we don't go in a cell, we don't have to worry about it affecting us. He's remembering being in the cell and how... The silence don't affect him. Yeah, and it just (laughs) sucked. He's used to feeling powerful and that makes him feel normal yeah i just sucked <laughs> and mare says like we'll be fine as long as no one locks us in and kel makes the- <laughs> this is the most tasteless joke oh God, i know i've ever heard let kalorn know and then he ch- chuckles and laughs at his own joke. own joke like alice just lost it by this point he's not even he's it- He's lost some sort of break with reality. This, this, literally, his, this is nothing like his actual reality. This version of Cal and what happens, like, right after this is what I was talking about when I was like, Cal, bro, you okay? Right. <laughs> right. He's kind of, yeah, he's kind of, he's, he's losing it a little he's bit. He's teetering. He's on the edge. Big time. Yeah. She's like, what is the matter with you? You know, she knows that there is something. He's squeezing her leg, like transferring heat into her body. She knows there's something wrong. And he's like, 
smiling at her, but his eyes are still black. You know, it's just, he, it's somebody she's never seen before. She's never seen this side of Cal before. That even in the bowl of bones before Maven sentenced them to death, he didn't look like this. He was afraid back then, but he was still Cal. And he still seemed like human. Right. And now this person is just completely there. And I think what it is, is he has nothing left to lose. Yeah. Literally. He made the statement uh, at the meeting about the political prisoners and letting them out, which instantly turned a bunch of people away from him and made them suspicious of him. So really, what does he have to lose at this point? He's banking on finding the next day somebody that he could possibly hitch his wagon to. If he's going to have any choice of getting some part of his life back, he's got to find somebody who doesn't support Maven and would be willing to help with him, you know, if he has any chance of wanting to be king again. Right. Or getting to be king. He never was king. And you got to remember also that Cal has lost so much more than anyone else at this point. Exactly. Because he's lost his father, his brother, his mother, obviously, a long time ago. His uncle now, who's not around, who he never didn't trust, and he should have. But the people that are all around him aren't the, his people. Right. Like they are mares. Mare can say what she wants. The Kalorn she grew up with, Shade is her brother. There's How did not know here. any of these people until, what, six months ago? Yeah. And even to go further, Mare is, you know, among... Reds, and in some cases, more specifically, new bloods. And he's and still silver, yeah. Right. Just like, right. He's the odd man out, no matter how he looks at it. So he tells her, Do you want a list? Like, in response to what's wrong with him, you know, do you want a list? This is just not Cal at all. This is not what we've seen before. This no. Is, this is completely new. Too much time with Cameron, not enough sleep, something. Stress. I think he's feeling like. They're not going to be it. They're all going to die trying to do this. Dress his annoyance with the the menu. Right. He's mad that they had rabbit. The fact that it took Mare this long to figure out that Shade and Frog were together. She balls up a fist and, and hits him. And he lets himself kind of get hit by her, I guess. I guess. And, and like fall to the ground. Because there's no way if he doesn't want to fall that. He falls. He no. falls. From a hit from Mare. Yeah. She's punched him. With his him. beefiness. Right. She's got to have playfully punched him enough to where he knows how to not take one from her without right. falling over. But they fall. They topple down nonetheless. You know. It's a very Tiffany music video. Right. You know. I think we're alone now. So they're having they're having like a little teenage moment. They, and this is when they start cuddle fighting. Yeah, she says, you're not getting this, up until you put yourself back together. And I imagine like, there's like, for, for the beginning, there's, there's like music playing and right. then like a record scratch. Yeah. He's like, that's not much of an incentive. And wink at her. Who is this person? And she's just like, ugh. Right. This is crazy. Most people are... Oh, and that most women would die to have Cal like make a suggestive comment and wink at them. And she's unsettled by it. And then she punches him again. Right. But this time in the gut. So. Right. Congratulations. Not not really a chance for him to respond if he's just gotten punched in the gut. And 
she he he's just furrowing his brow. He won't tell her what's wrong, why he's so moody. And she says, Cal, there are 11 people coming to uh, coming with us to Koros. 11. He knows what I'm getting at. 11 who will die if we don't pull this off and countless more in Koros if we leave them alone. And she says, I'm scared too. I don't want to let them down or get them hurt. So she knows he's putting this undue pressure on himself and she's trying to be like, hey, I feel it too. You know, I understand what you're going through. And uh, she says that, you know, she's most afraid of Alara finding her and what she will do if Alara gets a hold of her. Yeah. You know, and, and we find out that Cal is feeling the same way. So, you know, uh, no, she's thinking she's like, of all the people that are there, I'm the biggest prize to Alara. Right. Based on what she knows right now. Yes. And she's like, I don't like thinking that way. But does she? I mean, she's always thinking that way. Yeah. She is. She's always thinking about... She's like, I don't like thinking that way, but I still do it. Right. She acknowledges that she does it a lot. She just doesn't like it. She does. Indeed, she does. This paragraph, I want to read it just because it's so mere. It's so dramatic. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What began as Cal's breakdown has become mine. One dark night, I spilled my secrets to him on a road thick with summer heat. I was the girl who tried to steal his money then. Now winter looms, and I'm the girl who stole his life. Wow. So winter is coming. That is some narcissism right there. Yeah. That is some serious narcissism. Yes, winter is coming. Saw that. Thank you. (laughs) But it, it's already snowed, so winter's already there. Winter's already there. So, she, she, she just said winter she, is looming. Yeah, she's like, trying I, to do it from sprinkler splashes to fireplace uh-huh. ashes and uh-huh. just didn't pull it off that well. But backwards. Yeah. Okay. No, well, from yeah. summer. Yeah, from yes. the summer now to the winter. So in half a year, they've gone from strangers where she was trying to steal his money to, to they've gone through all dramatic stuff together. Yeah, and sharing a bed. Yes. She can't hold in what she's thinking. Of all the things that she should confess to Cal, I'm like, this one? Really? <laughs> really. Okay. Now. Now is the right. time that you do it. Right. Not earlier. Or maybe, you know, later? Yeah. Right now. Now is the now. Yes. Now is the now. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I miss him. I miss who I thought he was. His hand... That was like gently resting on his leg is now like a fist and super hot. So he is angry. <laughs> At least if you have Cal there, you always have hand warmers. You just kind of like put your hands <laughs> on his arms or. You wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. You say, Cal, come here. Cal. <laughs> Look at those hair dryers. They take forever. You got to dry your hands on your jeans when you're done. Yeah. But Cal. You just Cal instead. Right. Bacon, just like wrap it over his shoulders. Three minutes on each side. Yeah. Cal says that he misses Maven too. I mean, obviously he misses Maven too. That's his brother. They right. grew up together. Yeah. And so she's startled. She's like, what? 
you know, and it's like, duh. The realizations that Mare has, you're just like. Which is funny to me because. And that's what I was saying. I was like, if anyone, he's going to be the one to understand the most. Right. Why have you kept it this long? Right. It's like you didn't. How did she not think of this already, too? Because when she first met them, they clearly acted like brothers. Right. This wasn't, Kyle didn't see this coming any more than she did. Right. Which is why she felt so guilty in the beginning because they were so close and she was torn between the two of them. So do I go with the, you know, the beefy hot one or do I go with the, 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 the skinny, but like still kind of cute one? Right. I mean, eventually, you know, it became, I'm going to go with the one that didn't, uh, mind. F me and yeah, yes, right. <laughs> well, like, made, like at the original he made time, choice for her, right? But she was right. back and forth when when both candidates were in. Place. But for a moment, <laughs> uh, they they have a little conversation about you know, born a monster, made a monster, right? We've talked about this, the three of us on the show and off mic. You know, where Maven would have turned, where his point was, where he became a willing participant right. to some extent. You know, we've had when this it, conversation. Yeah. But the the problem is... Exactly at, how much of a victim is he? Right. right. The problem is at this point, all of that is really just irrelevant because he is where he is and there's nothing. You, you can't change it and he's not going to change. He's, right. Well, this is who he is. And the way you feel about somebody's not going to change either. Right. Mare was played very hard by somebody who knew exactly how to play her. The Those feelings don't go away easy. No. And Cal lost his family. You know, that doesn't go away easy. So they both have a lot of trauma that's coming right. off this. And she has to keep reminding herself that Cal has more trauma. Not that it's a trauma contest. Right, but, that's just a trauma off. Everything is a contest with Mare. It is. And if there's a trauma off, Cal is going to win. Right. Sorry, Mare, but you didn't have to decapitate Lost his father. brother and his father. Right, and had to watch his own hand decapitate his right. father. Didn't just get to watch his father die. He had to watch himself, do it. from inside himself, yeah. do it. That's. I mean, if you think about that, that's just mind-boggling. Right. So she says we have to let him go, even if it means killing him. Which, of course, she sounds like she's talking herself into right. to being able to be the one to do it. I can do it. Right. I can do it if you can't. Can you, though? Can you, though? Exactly. The, you're sitting there thinking about his eyes. The minute you saw those eyes, you would be paralyzed and you wouldn't Probably. be able to do it either. Yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't say anything for a while. And then he says, if he's at Koros, I'm going to lose control. I'm going to go after him with everything I have. Him and Alara both. She'll use my anger and she'll turn it on you. She'll make me kill you like she made me. And Mare shushes him before he says it. Like, yeah. you don't have to say it. I know what you're thinking. But that's his biggest fear. Right. He's done it once. He doesn't want to do it again to yeah. someone he cares about. To watch his hand yeah. kill somebody he loves and there's nothing he can do about it. So he's just trying to let her know, like... This is a real possibility that we have to think about. She knows that the bond is between me and you, and she'll do whatever she can to break it. And Mare's like, I won't let that happen. Like, I promise I will never die. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> we are not going to die, Cal. You know, she's she's trying to, like you said, I think, convince herself, convince herself as, much as much as him as she is. Yeah. Him. He's he's not. He's not letting himself be brought up by this. No, of course not at all. And he says, do you know how many people I love are dead? And she's just like, "Ugh, you know, are we going to go here? And he's like, all gone, all murdered by her. She kills them and then erases them. And she's like, oh, you know, normal people would think that he's talking about his father, the most recent right. person that she was responsible for murdering. But no, he's thinking about his mom. Who he doesn't remember. Yeah, who never got to remember, know. But can certainly still mourn, be, even more because he doesn't remember. Her. Well, and because he, now he knows what he knows. Right. And that, you know, she has made it her point to erase Corianne from the narrative. And now without Cal or Julian there, she has been erased. Yeah. Right. It's she, her role in the royal family is no longer consequential. Right. It yeah, has no meaning anymore. Yeah. yeah. She's just become a footnote, which is what Alara wanted. He says that uh, Cal tells her he's, you know, stuck in his memories of, you know, what he does have of his mother. And he says that he was so emotional at Ocean Hill because his father gave that to his mother that was like her vacation house so all the banners that were there that mare's remembering were all uh house jacos colors and everything which you know once was a really powerful house obviously to get to where they're going to marry into a calore family right. you know she she was able to i mean not powerful enough to where she was a head participant in the queen's trial right they didn't even end up having one he just picked her her but, but you know she was a, from a prominent enough family to be in the realm of the king you know right and but it's like she was you know they were considered a high house but not like that high right right not not high enough to where they would have had something like this on their own Yes. So House Jacos only still lives on because Ocean Hill has its banners. And that's why Cal couldn't tear or burn the banners that were there because they were his mother's banners. And he wants them to stay because there's no other connection from her to this world without him. And Mare is like, you know, I don't know what it's like to be an orphan. I've always had my mom and dad. You know, I understand that I'm blessed that I still have them and that I don't know what it's like to lose them. And it feels wrong for her to miss them because they're just on the other side of the country, not dead right. like Cal's parents. So she is throwing herself a pity party, but aware that it's wildly inappropriate in this moment. Right. So at least she's well, got some stop her sort from throwing no, it. It doesn't. But at least she has some sense of self-awareness, which is a lot more than I can say for several chapters that we've read so yeah. far. So at least she's she's got... She's getting know, there. She's getting there. She's able to put her feelings outside herself. That's why, because she's thinking about Cal's feelings and not her own. Which is kind of new for her. Right. <laughs> she 
obviously needs to break him out of this funk. He's just sitting there thinking about his mom and she's got to break him out of that. So she's like, tell me about the prison, you know. Let's let's talk about the topic let's, at hand. Yeah, let's get and back to She says, I will pull Cal out of this slump even if it kills me. It's like, girl, what? Yeah. Being a little dramatic, it Right. It's it's kind of running in this it, whole scene here. So yeah. I, again, Cal is not paying attention to her and it's driving her bananas. Yes. <laughs> normally I can't when stand this. Yeah, he's, normally he's, when eyes she are not walks always into on me. Room, right. She his he's all about her and now she's just like, oh. So she's like, all right, the maps are out. He's looking at them. We might as well talk about the maps. And he sighs like crazy, like. (sighs) (sighs) I started first and my last of the longest. Yeah. So here's what's up with this prison. It's a pit, a fortress protected by ingenious design. The gates are on the top level with cells beneath and magnetron catwalks connecting everything. A flick of the wrist will drop us 40 feet and put us at the bottom of a barrel. They'll massacre us and anyone we let out. Nice to see that you're thinking optimistically. Yeah, that's that's what he opens with. That's the opener. So definitely not Barry in the lead. Appreciate that, Cal, for laying it all yes, out there. Yes, thank you for kind of cutting once. to the chase. And and she's trying to stay hopeful. What about the silver prisoners that we let out? You know, we'll have some power there. They know how to use. You don't think we put up much of a fight, right? And he's like, not after weeks in cells of silent stone where they only get walked outside once a week so they don't die. Yeah. What kind of power do you think they're really going to have? Once they get out of the cells, it's going to start coming back. It's going to take a minute. Yeah. At first, when the cell doors are first opened and they walk out, and there's people shooting at them. They're much more likely to be targets. Yes. Yeah. And Mare's just like, hang on, what? We're gonna, bloop. huh? Right. He's yeah. Cal says it'll make their escape slow, and she's like, you're hold up, going to let them escape? What yeah. am I supposed to do with them? Right. You're gonna have me get them from one prison just to put just... them back into another. What that do I do with it now? That completely defeats the purpose of what we were trying to right. do. There's there's kind of two. Things here that people don't know that both of these characters, Cal and Mare, aren't paying attention to that are brought up right here pretty hard in this paragraph and this end of this chapter. And this is the one with Mare. She's not understanding that these people that are Silvers aren't her enemies. They're the people who are in there because they sided with Cal. Cal's family, or just happen to speak up against speak up against Maven or Alara. They're not. People, They're not loyal to Alara. Right. People like Julian and Sarah. Right. Right. Mare is just looking for brute force. Al is, for once, thinking politically ahead. Yes. He says... Thinking with his brain that he right. has his some... military yeah. brain. He's like, they may not be able to help us, but this is a tenuous monarchy to begin with. A prison escape with a bunch of political prisoners this early on into his reign is not going to look good for Maven. It's not going to look good for the people that are supporting him. There's going to be people that are supporting these people that were arrested and put in prison. So when they reconnect with the people that are supporting them, that's how bigger armies are going to be formed. Correct. So Cal is thinking in 
the mega long game in this opportunity where Mare is not thinking about that at all. She's no. just like red, silver, boom. That's it. Right. And it's like, no. It, Which is what battle she claims the are, silvers always only saw. Right. He's like, battle lines are different now. Yeah. It's not just about that. There's things that are bigger going on here. And there are people that were willing to put aside simply being silver to try to get back at Maven. Right. And longer term, when this all, if their whole end game is to get rid of Maven and Lara, then what? If they're going to try to, as Mare wants, to, to not just put in Silver King again, so right. it goes right back where it was, these people are going to be more apt to follow along with a red-silver combined regime. Yeah. If you let them out of the prison. Right. You've got to have revolutionary minds. On both for sides. A revolution. Right. And, and she says, even if it means a civil war, because back in the beginning of all of this, when she was talking about the reds versus the silvers and this war, you know, Cal was not on board. He's like, so we fight, we lose millions of people. Then what happens? Things go back to the way they were before. So Cal is definitely pulling a 180 in this moment. Well, well I, cause, because he's seen what Alara and Cal have done to the Silvers already. Like, is it right? I mean, he sees what's coming. Well, and they have seen what's gone on in the cities. Right. And he has, you know, we we don't see this book from Cal's point of view, so we don't know the information that Cal has picked up on these trips. But from what he's seen, we can draw the conclusion that he sees something that I liken in, in the form to in Mockingjay when they started seeing like the little Mockingjays spray painted all over the place. And that's how Katniss was like, oh, oh. this might actually work. Right. Hal has seen things and probably heard things in the cities when they go in that's like, oh, there was this person arrested for going against Maven and this person for going oh, yeah. against Maven. So he has to have some information that we as readers aren't in on right now to let him be so confident in freeing these people. Well, yeah. So of course. It, it's really intriguing to see this part of Cal who's so he's planning, but still so willing to, hitch his wagon to an unknown variable, which is right. not like Cal. No. He's never had to really have an unknown variable like that before. He's been in control of most things. Well, I, you can't, I mean, this is, he really, what choice does he have? It's like, this is, and I think Mary needs to understand that it, it's not just going to be you building an army of a couple of dozen red, new bloods. That's not going to, Come close to cutting it. Right. Cal knows that. Yeah. And and he's trying to tell her that, you know, they're not going to win this by brute force. They don't have the numbers. And she's like, yeah, but Cal, what I've been trying to tell you this whole time and that you haven't really understood, maybe now that we're looking at a concrete plan, I can explain it to you. These silvers have no idea what's about to walk in their front door. He, she says, uh, what happens when a guard tries to shoot Nyx or a magnetron tries to drop Gareth? Right. They're not going to know what's going on. Right. And, Gar and they're going to be completely thrown off guard. Right. And Gareth can't just make himself 
defy gravity. He can make other people do it. He could lift the whole thing up if he wanted right. to. You know, all they have to do is start getting guards and cells and locking guards and yeah. cells, and then their powers are gone too. So a few drops of surprise Goes could change way. the whole thing. And that's what Mare has been trying to get through put forward Cal. this whole time. Yeah, these And it seems like it's just now clicking for Cal that he's been giving practical examples. These people aren't your silver troops. Right. They these people have never seen these abilities. They don't know how to train for them. They've never planned for them. Right. And this this is what I was saying. This is where you re- Cal is realizing something that has been right in front of his face the whole time. It's like Mare's realizing why Cal wants to release the silvers that are in the prison. She it's, it's like right. it started to dawn on it's her dawning and on her. Finally Cal is right. dawning on Cal that these aren't he can plan completely differently because these new bloods have abilities that silvers have ne- Cal seen them because he's training them. Right. Silver, the other silvers have no clue they exist. Exactly. Exactly. Cal it, still doesn't know how to plan for them. He's not factoring it right. in yet. He's so just now learning that. Yeah. Even it's pe- dawning on it. You know, especially people who have never seen these abilities right. before have no possible way to even think about planning. Yeah. Right, so he's got to think outside the box. He can think outside the box. Way outside of it exactly. now. Cal is, is used to playing chess. Just my move, your move. Right. I, we know the pieces. We know how they move. Now Cal has pieces on the board that the other players never seen before. That make moves right. that the other players never seen before. That they don't have. And, right. And he has. He's just now like added that piece into his mental puzzle but, and blocked oh. it in. And he grabs Mare and she says that his hands are like fire on her face. He's so excited. And he kisses her. And and he says, you're a genius, mutters. We have like three mutters in here. We haven't ca- kept mutter count, but for those of you at home that are keeping three track, we've three had chapter. three mutters this chapter. You're a genius, he mutters and springs to his feet. Get back to Cameron. Get everyone ready. He grabs the map in one hand, almost mad with intensity. The same crooked smile returns, but this time I don't hate it. This might actually work. So he did a complete 180. Yeah. In like two seconds. Yeah. Kind of went from zero to a hundred. Yeah. Like this is a hellhole that we cannot possibly win. To oh my gosh, you're a genius! I just figured out how we get out this of all of this. Yeah. yeah. This is a game changer. Game changer. My notes say, "Ooh, ending a chapter on an upswing." Cringe. <laughs> Yeah. Because that generally doesn't work. If you end a it chapter with any kind of hope, the, it usually the first well three for the chapters, next the next one are chapter. going to pick you yeah. right in the Yeah. Crunch. Especially the chapter right after that. It's like something really bad has to happen to bring us down, like, all these notches we just went up. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry to drop that on you guys, but the next chapter is probably going to be a real bummer. Chapter's a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to get to see all of this actually play out. And see how, you know, it works in a real world situation. All of this fighting that they've been talking about. What's going to happen when New Bloods go up against Silvers, who've never seen their abilities before. So it's very, very, very exciting. And we will probably have to have ice cream and cookies after next week's. <laughs> Bring that leftover Cold Stone. Oh, yeah, we, we may need to do a two-parter. How big is this chapter? A two-parter. We might. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be on the lookout for that. that. Again, I want to thank everybody for being uh, 
patient with the release of episodes. We've had some major technical issues that we are having issues getting around. So I really appreciate everybody being patient on the release of the episodes. Um, I've got a new laptop that we'll be moving over to in a couple of months, uh, moving all the recordings over to. But for now, we're dealing with the old equipment still, and it is it's uh, a little rough. So I really appreciate you guys hanging in there with us. Those of you who have stuck with us from the beginning, we appreciate it. The new listeners we've got, we appreciate you guys too. Um, Make sure that you follow us over on Instagram. I've been trying to be better with keeping you guys updated on when episodes are going to drop over there so that you will have a better idea of when the schedule is going to be. And hopefully we get back on a regular schedule once we get all of this ironed out and we finally get the technical issues worked out, we'll get on a regular release schedule. And when I'm no longer stressed with other obligations. Right. We're recording this in the middle of January, so we're starting to wind down from all the holiday stuff and all that kind of stuff. And then with my troop in February, I'm going to be ramping back up. Right. So So we'll we'll try to keep them on a regular schedule, guys. Once we get uh, these, these technical issues worked out, we should be able to just line episodes up and knock them down. We're hoping for you. So... Again, we appreciate everybody. Uh, again, catch us over on Instagram. It's at Reading with the Rockefellers. Uh, you can follow us over there, and like I said, get all the issue, um, all the episode drops, and uh, some behind the scenes stuff. You can head over to our YouTube channel. All of season one is available in video form over there. The channel is Reading with the Rockefellers. You can email us. We love to get fan art. Fan casting, definitely give us your fan casting ideas because we're going to be running up on the end of this uh, book pretty soon and doing another fan casting episode. So send us in all of those uh, suggestions as well. That uh, that email address is readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. And then we also have our website, which is where you can find all of the episodes and our blog, the fan art from season one. That is www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. So check all that out, engage with us, and get ready for another action-packed episode next week. Bring the tissues. Yes, please. We love you guys. Thanks so much for hanging with us. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.